Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. episode of Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we sometimes have the fortunate uh, op- opportunity to interview some of the greatest people with the best perspectives on the planet. One of them is with us today. I first met her uh, when uh, my friend uh, Rebecca Harrison came in, came on, and, and Reverend Diane came with her, and we had a, just a, a, a terrific discussion about all the things that uh, Rebecca's doing and working with Diane and, uh, and others. And Diane is an author. She's also a publicist. She's also a producer. She's also a budding podcast host <laughs> doing all kinds of wonderful things for the planet and for each other. And that's why I wanted to have her on the show today. Uh, so uh, Reverend Diane, how are you? Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me on today. I am excellent. Thank you. I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, we need a lot, especially right now with what's going on with COVID and the world events that are happening right now, we we really need a lot of positivity and we need a safe place for people to land where they can just relax and kick back and enjoy some great conversation with a couple of people that are really interested in making our planet a better place. And you're one of them. I absolutely am. It is, uh, it is a focus and I love to do what you do, enlighten and entertain people while we think of how we can approach life from a more positive perspective. There is really no other way in, at least in my world, there's really no other way to be because if you, if you are into like one of my other uh, podcasts, uh, if you're into hate division and fear, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an ending game. That's going to end badly for people. It and is it, go, go ahead. It is going to end badly for people. I mean, we're, we're seeing so many examples of that right now in the world with, uh, Ukraine and Russia, um, you know, they're, they're picking up that banner, the hatred, fear banner, and that's sad to see. We know what's interesting about that. Now, we don't talk about politics or, or, or religion much uh, here, but it does bear repeating that um, um, the president of Ukraine is standing up to uh, Russia, which is a huge uh, military power. Mm-hmm. He is leading his people in a positive way, and they are responding in kind. And I firmly believe that they are going to, uh, they're they're going to win this thing uh, because of their attitude and because of their working together. See, when people work together and we're all positive and we're all uh, motivated 
to do the right thing, good things seem to happen. You know that from your life. You know that from your books. Um, and we're going to talk about your books a little bit. Um, turn your world upside down to get your life right side up. I love the title of that. Let's talk about that a little bit. What's it about? Well, if I didn't know already. Yeah, no. Uh, it's about what I call reverse thinking. So there's, as you say, sort of two ways to look at the world, a negative way and a positive way. And in A Course in Miracles, which these books focus on the teachings from A Course in Miracles, often the principles in that book are exactly 180 degrees from what is sort of typical Western thinking. And so I look at different areas of life based on reverse thinking, thinking in new ways. And I think that this is what this time in the world, I mean, we've really, I mean, I picked this title way before COVID started, but turn your world upside down to get your life right side up is exactly what's happening right this minute. It we've is. all had our life turned upside down. And, uh, but maybe that's to get it right side up. Maybe that's so that we can step into uh, a new mindset. Well, you know, when we talk about a new mindset and we talk about COVID, there's some changes that have happened because of COVID that I think are extraordinarily positive. I agree. And actually, I'm thinking that maybe the next book would be The Miracles of COVID. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have been thinking that because there has been some really profound, wonderful things that have happened as people have had to slow down. And I think we did need to slow down and be with ourselves a little bit more and think about what it is we want when we emerge from this. It's almost like we've gone into a cocoon and I think we're going to emerge a new animal. We went in as a caterpillar, voraciously eating things off the planet. The planet said, that's enough, wrapped us in a little cocoon. We all have to cocoon. And I'm hoping we emerge as the beautiful new creature, a creature with wings, a creature that can fly higher than we've, we've flown in the past. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that, that we will, and we will exit this um, um, period of time, and we'll be looking back at it. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a student of history, and we'll look back at the history of this and what its outcomes are, and we'll go, wow, you know, Sometimes when things that we view to be bad things uh, happen, some really great outcomes can come from it. Innovation, a new way of being, a new way of communicating with each other, a new way of appreciating each other. Because, you know, like I, like I say, each other's all we got. And it's, it's true. So we can be, of, of, we can care for each other and we can take care of each other and and uh and i think it can change the world i agree and i think those were wonderful things you just said kevin innovation there's been a lot of new innovation coming out of covid because people have had to think differently their businesses have closed down in some cases and you know some cases they've had to work from home and that's caused them to look at home life differently and appreciation. Wow. I mean, I get so excited now when I say to somebody, I'm going out for lunch. <laughs> Look, I'm actually going to a restaurant. I mean, I don't remember getting that excited before. It was just something we did. 
but now there's a real appreciation for when I'm getting together with my friends and my family. I, I can't wait to have a holiday festive season with them because I've been without them for two years. Exactly. And we have the ability to positively affect everything that happens in our individual lives. And you talk about this in your book, how we can individually impact, positively impact our life to make it better. How long have you been, did you work on this book, on these books? And what was your motivation behind them? Uh, I worked on these books for over five years. And originally it was one book. So the turn your world upside down to get your life right side up, reverse thinking based on A Course in Miracles. I had my own stories from my own life where I'd really struggled. These are stories not, um, uh, wow, it was so easy. It was all rainbows and stardust. No, this is stories of where I really struggled in my life and where I had to turn my thinking around if I wanted to be happier. Some real stories of where I was hurting and what I did to stop that hurting, to realize where that hurting was coming from. It wasn't coming from outside of myself. It was coming from inside of myself. And so to take responsibility for my life. So this is a book of 30 stories, 15 stories in each book, and three uh, sort of parts to each book. So the first book is focuses on life's big questions relationships, and work and money. So five stories about each of those things. And then the second book of the same title is book two, but it focuses on health, conflict and fear, how to survive the daily news, and happiness. Do you want to live an ideal life or an authentic life? And so these are all stories, very personal stories. I try to make them very accessible, not use a lot of coarse language so that people might see themselves in the story and might go wow that happened to me or wow that was innovative what she did to turn that situation around and i have had that kind of feedback my intention was is i wanted help badly in my life i went looking for spiritual teachers and psychologists counselors all kinds of things to help me and it took me a long time to get to where i am now and if I can help anybody uh, struggle less and have a happier life, then that's my mission. And a grand mission it is, too, because helping people live life. You know, if we can just provide examples, and you do these brilliantly in these books, if you can just provide examples for how people can change their mindset from one of being everything is wrong, negative, and, and, and uh, what, what horrible thing is going to happen to me next? One of my, one of my, when you talk to somebody, and one of my favorite things that people say is, when you say, how are you? And they say, oh, not too bad. Well, you know, I'm here to tell you that's not the appropriate thing to say. <laughs> because what is not too bad mean? It means, it's, well, it's not horrible. When I'm, I haven't had to cut up my arm off yet, so I guess I'm doing all right. <laughs> not off because it was caught in the trap <laughs> exactly because if you um if you approach life from that perspective of it's not too bad it could be worse life it could be awful it could be even worse than it is today then you know what it's a self-fulfilling prophecy 
it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think this is something, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. People think that their thoughts don't matter. They think their thoughts do not create. And I'm, I've been reading quantum physics, oh, for decades. It was actually how I got into spirituality was through quantum physics, because I was very, very interested in, in physics and what was happening. And what I realized is there was an exact parallel between what they were saying in quantum physics and what they were saying in spirituality, which is your thoughts go out into the infinite possibility, the limitless, and they co the, the molecules and everything coalesce around thought waves. And so you, you are bringing into reality exactly what you are thinking. And I know many people have said this, but people don't, don't take it to heart. They go around, oh, yeah, it's not so great. Uh. And as you say, they are, that's what they're creating. And my other great love in life, I have a company called Creative Wonders Communications that I've had for 30 years, is creation. I've made my living by creating better things for people. And I do that through writing and producing. But I take seriously what I'm thinking because I see, you know, the more, the sooner you take responsibility for what you're thinking, then you start to see, oh my God, I thought that yesterday and here it is today, like right in front of me. It starts to happen a bit faster. You start to put together the pieces that this isn't random. We think it's all random and it's chance and it's just happening to me. I'm the victim. It, that's not at all the case. When you become a conscious creator, you can create what you like. It is an amazingly freeing concept it that, is. that your life is something that has been given to you and, and you have, have the opportunity to use it for however you wish to use it for. You can choose to be a loving, caring, positive person. You can also choose to be um, a bit of a jerk and, and, uh, and, a, and a problem maker rather than a problem solver. Right. And it's it's beautiful that you're that you're working to help people understand. You know, it's Diane, help me here okay. because it's it is it's, to me it seems like an extremely simple concept, but there are people that that find it to be really a difficult concept to not only understand but to try and implement in their own lives. Uh, yes, they do, because I don't think they believe it. They don't think it's true. And the thing that's really scaring them uh, from believing it, from embracing it, is the thought of having to take responsibility. I mean, when we, I found that in my life, that when I took responsibility, it was freedom and it opened the door because you could actually do something about it. When you're just blaming other people and you're putting it outside yourself, you're actually quite powerless. You can't really change. I can't change your mind, Kevin. I, I can't change my husband's mind. He's got a mind of his own. He's going to think what he's going to think. But I can change my own mind. And it's that step into responsibility that people go, oh, I might have to do something here. I might have to change something. I don't know if I want that. It's easier to blame Kevin. Kevin's the reason this is all happening. Kevin should change. That dastardly being, I'm telling you what. That's right. That Kevin, he needs to change. And when you think about it, that's exactly what my stories are about. 
they're about wanting other people to change when really it was myself that needed to change. So I start out each story with, um, I'll just, I'll just look one up here in my book, Western thinking. So here's one I just opened to death. Do we die? Western thinking is we all die and reverse thinking is we are all eternal. So, and, I, and the reason I wrote that chapter was because I did personally have a near death experience. So I'm saying it from my practical, not from, I, I wasn't raised religious or anything else like that. I'm saying this from something that happened to me in my twenties and why I, why it, it reinforced what I was already thinking from a spiritual perspective. Can, is it appropriate for us to talk about that a little bit? We can. Sure. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to talk with very many personally, I, and I've done quite a little bit, bit of research on the internet, but, but personally to talk to somebody who had what's called an NDE, mm -hmm. which is a near death experience. I did. Uh, what, what was yours like? What did you experience? Well, I was in my twenties. Uh, I was very busy university. You know, I was putting myself through university. I had two jobs. I was very busy. I wasn't focused uh, spiritually necessarily. I was trying to get my degree in communications and English. And so I didn't have a lot of time for that kind of thinking. Right. But I, I was experiencing pain and I basically uh, woke up one morning so much in pain. I phoned my mother was a nurse. I was I had to crawl to the phone. I was in that much pain. She took me to the emergency at about like four in the morning and they sent me home and basically said it was all in my mind. And uh, hey, they were right about that part. It was in my mind, <laughs> but not in the way they were thinking. And so I begged my mom to stay with me and I knew something bad was going to happen. And I had just this, I can't explain it, but it was like this, um, your whole body slapped by two, two by fours and you're just crushed and your whole body is covered with sweat. And I really had only maybe three seconds of consciousness in which I said to my mom, you know, I'm dying. <laughs> uh, that was about it. And I remember my last thought was, the only thing I care about is the people I love in that moment. I woke up in the hospital and I won't go into the long story because it was a month of misdiagnoses and having all my veins collapse and not being able to talk anymore. And finally, a doctor came who said, I think I know what's wrong with you. And he prepped me for surgery and we went down to surgery the next day. And he did actually know what was wrong with me. And, um, but while I was on the gurney in surgery, I came out of my body and I could hear the doctors talking about me and the surgery. And I was looking down at the body on the gurney and I thought, who is that? I mean, and I was sincere. Who is that? Because I'm here and I'm fine. So who's on the table? And I can remember being quite confused. Like, that can't be me because I'm here and I feel fine. I'm absolutely perfectly fine. So who's on the table? And I said to myself, do you care for the person on the table? And I said, no. And 
so my higher self or whatever so let's go <laughs> so I, I don't know how do you know this let's go how do you know how to die or how to be born but supposedly we all do it's instinctive and so in essence i turned and headed into the light and went through what they do like kind of call a tunnel uh, of light i did experience that and i came out on the other side like you know whoosh and I was in this most beautiful, pink, golden, undulating, musical light. I can't explain it any other way. I did not have anything, you know, physical. I was just spirit. And as I came into what was like an undulating ocean of light, I felt suddenly connected with thousands of souls. And I and they were welcoming me. And I was like... I'm home. I kept repeating, I'm home. I'm home. And, you know, hey, I sound like Dorothy out of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm home. And I was so happy. And again, to make a long story short, because this is only one hour, um, I was called by a voice and the voice said, you have to go back. And I was like, no, no, I chose to be here. I'm not going back. I This is my choice. I want to be here. And it said, Diane, you don't have a choice. And it pulled me back it like, like a gigantic suction back into that body on the operating table. And so when I awoke, I was actually quite angry because I felt like I don't want to be here. This body's sick. It's not healthy. This isn't fun. I was, the minute I, I joined with that light. There was this most glorious ecstasy. I can't really describe it any, like there's nothing here on earth like it. It was like ecstasy. And that's certainly what wasn't, that was not happening in, in my physical life. There was no ecstasy there. I was um, very sick. And so when I came back, <laughs> I wasn't that happy about it because I felt my expansion, my oneness, the bliss of being in love. I think that's what it was in that love vibe. So I didn't talk about my near death experience for decades, but it reaffirmed for me that we are way more than that body. That body lying on the gurney was not of any interest to me when I was on the other side of it. So it reinforced that Diane, the only thing you cared about was the people you love. Remember that. And number two, you don't have to work so hard. I mean, I am a hard worker, but work isn't what it's all about. You know, it's more about helping those you love, caring for those you love. And because in the end, when you do leave that body, that's all you care about. That was all I cared about anyways. So I was already interested in spirituality and that experience reinforced for me that I was more than my body. I was also a spirit. And I would say it, the reverse thinking wears before I was a body with a spirit. Now I'm a spirit that's happening to drive around a body for, you know, eight, eight or nine decades. <laughs> a couple of things, a couple of questions I have for you, young lady. Mm -hmm. And the first one is, um, you don't fear death anymore. Do you? No, I don't. I don't fear death. That doesn't mean I won't be sad to leave, but I don't fear it. Because you know that it's not the end. 
because I know within every ounce of my being, Kevin, it's not the end. And I mm -hmm. hope to help other people maybe, maybe at least look at the idea. And I see one of the things that, that brought me to, <clears throat> excuse me, positive talk radio, the way it has and how I want to make it work for everyone is I want to take the woo woo, the, 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 the thought that, that, well, you, you may have thought that maybe your brain was dying and, and, and you were, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to come up now with some, some scientific reasons for the experience that you had, which is not workable because you experience things you'd never heard of before and never felt before and never saw before. No. And, and so it was a, it was a much bigger deal. I want to take the, the, um, the esoterics out of it or the, the spirituality of it, because yes. then it becomes, it becomes the reality of it. Because that is what we all get. This is where we're all going. This is why we're all here. If we would just please look at this life as a learning experience that we're here to experience love and we're here to work for the betterment of mankind for everyone. If we could just agree on that, Diane, we could change the world. We certainly could. And the thing is, it's just like you just said there, Kevin, we have to change our mind first. We have yes. to agree. We actually have to think that that's a possibility. If we think, you know, like I often hear critics of movies and if movies are focused too much on a positive message, they're often panned because the reality is, Kevin, it's dark and it's bad and it's frightening. And if you don't get that, you're a little Pollyanna. And I say, not true at all, not true. See, this is the kind of thinking in the world that needs to be reversed. It really Absolutely. does. It needs Absolutely. to be reversed. Like, the, we don't need to stop war. It's like your show titles that we need to stop hatred. Because take away every weapon in the world, people will still pick up a boulder and smash somebody on the head if they have hatred in their heart. And so it's, for me, it's about not trying to change something in the world. It's about trying to change people's mind about the world and how to live in the world in a way that makes them happier. I mean, the wonderful thing is, it just does make you happier it, when it, you start really to does. change your mind, yeah. And I have a lot of stories in my book where illustrate that point. Well, and the other question I had for you is that when you were on the other side, either it was intimated, I'm sure, or said to you outright, that there are really only two things. There's love and there is fear. And, and that to me is the essence of if we operate from a place of love, acceptance, working to understand each other and, 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 or if we're working from a place of fear, I hate this guy because he's the other. He's not me. He's not part of the same group. He's not in my tribe or wh whatever it is. If we op and we have can and we as a human race have operated from the position of fear for far, far, far too long. Yes. Why? Why don't we get it? I mean, you said you were a student of history. This is not the first war to start. What? What aren't we getting, Kevin? I. You know, I've I've been thinking a lot about that and uh, how 
can as how can essentially one guy decide that he is going to uh, we're talking about russia and ukraine how many how many you know how one guy can lead a group of people willingly to um go into another country that has done nothing to them and to and and to decide that they're going to take it over and it's it's it i guess it's about power and 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 if people could realize that you don't have that kind of power over another over over anything in your life the only power and you said it earlier the only power comes from within it does that is where the power is then that's where it all lies because that's where your soul is and that's where you're 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 moving through this life as a spiritual being in a physical body and if you understand that everything's coming from within you don't have any need to take what somebody else has no well i mean if you need to take what someone else has you're coming from a mindset of poverty and scarcity because you're saying i don't have correct and so that what would putting that out into the universe if you want to look at quantum physics at the field of infinite possibility you will you attract what you put out so if you put out i do not have you get more of i do not have so going to take something is really reinforcing that mindset of scarcity it's saying i don't have and i need to go and get it from you and doing that in the past has never worked how has no. it worked to kill people how has it worked were it's just caused endless suffering and i just don't understand why we want to knock on the same door over and over again let's get creative folks <laughs> <laughs> let's think differently and it's difficult to think differently you know i can say it with ease like um you know like i'll open my book here and find another turnaround let's see which one do i have here love huh isn't that funny the last one was death this one's love love where is love western thinking i need to find love and reverse thinking is i am that's a big difference you know going out in the world trying to find it like i'm trying to find it in kevin or i'm trying to find it in my children or i'm trying to find it in my mother-in-law no i am love and and it, it doesn't work because when you are looking externally to find love to find happiness to find peace you're looking in the wrong place the only place that you can look is inside because you can you can you can be love without having to have a relationship without having to have a partner to make you whole you don't need to do that if you are feeling complete in yourself Exactly. And then when you are feeling complete and somebody comes into your life, you are not requesting that they be something that they're not in order to fill you up. You can just let them be who they are, love who they are, and you can have companionship and love in your life, but not from a needy place, but from a place of appreciation, a place of caring, a place of sharing. I mean, the the course talks about special relationships and holy or whole relationships and really we want whole relationships i know when i was younger i was in needy relationships and it it never never worked out no never worked out and it wasn't until i was willing to get down on my knees and say help me please (laughs) 
<laughs> I I'm obviously not doing this well. Uh, so open my mind. Help me figure this out because I did want loving relationships in my life, but there was a long time there where that wasn't what was exactly at the forefront. Well, from my experience, and everybody gets to have, that's the, the cool thing about coming here is we all get to have a different experience. Mm -hmm. And and my experience has been that I choose to be single because I don't in in my youth the the uh, uh relationships didn't go well because everybody's looking for something different they're all you're you know you might be looking for this and you're the other person looking for something else and stuff and so they always end up with some sort of collision even though i was married for 24 years um you know and and even even that was there was there was divisiveness and collision at at times and because we were not we didn't have the same goal you didn't and it's i think it's important if you're going to have a relationship with somebody that you need to have understand each other have the same goals be able to talk to each other and if that's not the case don't have a relationship just to have a relationship exactly people have to actually align on their values i think you have you have to have a value alignment you both have to care about the same things or else you will be in conflict with each other on some level and that's hard to sustain anything because conflict is usually again fear-based as you said love or fear what do you want to choose the course says over and over choose again if you are unhappy if you're in a place where you don't like it and that's all you need to know i really don't like this place that i'm in whatever it is frustration anger scarcity if you don't like it then it's your thinking that got you there and it's your thinking that's going to get you out <laughs> ultimately and and when you are thinking about this see um and i'd like your opinion about this okay because because i believe that we set ourselves up in this life for certain things mm -hmm. to have certain things at certain times and if we are attuned to it and listening to ourselves they become apparent when these opportunities arise if we're not listening and then we skate them right by and we don't take advantage of them then we miss out on what we had set up for ourselves to begin with does that make any sense 100 percent. yeah i mean and i think you're talking about living your life consciously or living your life unconsciously. So when you're living your life unconsciously, you might not even be aware that you're thinking negatively 80% of the time. It's just your mode of operation. You know, it's just what you've done. It's what the news is doing all the time. We are brought up in a culture that, you know, that negative thinking is what forms the news. It's what forms the structure. Um, yeah, so... When we're unconscious, we create these things and we don't even realize what we're creating, good or bad. Right. <laughs> like we just think it's happening to us. But when you start to get conscious about, okay, I am responsible for what I think. And if what I think matters, then let me um, start looking at that idea. 
and see what what is it that I'm thinking. So starting to journal, I think, is important. Starting to look at your thoughts from whatever angle is correct for you. I know for me, I did counseling. I did lots of body work. I did all kinds of, you know, going on retreats, all kinds of things to begin to understand my own thought process and begin to um, take responsibility for what I was thinking so that when I thought something, I can remember, for example, this is just so, so minor, but this is how I can remember being in a parking lot, you know, in the days where I was driving my car a lot and coming up and the parking meter ate my ticket. And uh, so now I was going to have to pay for the full 10 hours or something instead of the hour that I was there. And I was really angry with this parking meter machine, right? <laughs> I mean, this is how silly it gets in life, right? I'm really angry with the machine. And um, anyways, I paid the big fine and I left the parking lot. And the next day, <laughs> I was standing in line behind a woman at this parking machine. And she started yelling and screaming at the machine, very similar to what I had done the day before, right? And I said, you, you seem upset. Can I help you? How would you know what I am upset about? You don't even, she took off at me. And I thought, okay. I mean, I immediately connected the two. You right. put it out, you got it back. I mean, it's that amazing to me how I can now identify exactly what I'm thinking and what's going out and what's coming back. And then it becomes fascinating. It becomes very fun, very creative. It's like, whoa, I'm on a roller coaster ride here. I see that I put this out and this is coming back and maybe I need to adjust here. And your life becomes a just a gigantic, fun, creative project. Now when bad things happen my way, I think, okay, well, this looks like a, something bad. Uh, I can't say the word, but, you know, gift, not a good gift. Um, but I know there's a present inside that box that doesn't look that good it wouldn't be showing up for me because i believe the universe is for me not against me it wants me to get it it wants to help me i'm the only one who gets in my way so when a package turns up on my doorstep that isn't very nice i gotta look at what's this why is this for me what is it trying to teach me so I guess that was way too long of an answer, but what was conscious and what was unconscious? <laughs> no, I, I was I was enjoying the conversation because if we live consciously, and what and I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. First of all, our unconscious brain doesn't recognize yes or no; it it just gives you what it thinks that you are wanting, right. or and so if you are. If, if you're constantly playing the victim, it's going to say, oh, she likes playing the victim. That's good. We'll give her more of this role because yeah. she likes that role. Mm -hmm. So then you get an opportunity to play more of the victim rather than if you are in control of everything. And yes, are there things that, that happen outside of you that you cannot control? Of course there are. But you get to choose how you're going to feel about it. That's it. You get to choose your reaction to it because we are all, we're, we're one planet. I mean, I, I've thought how amazing it would be to be in that rocket ship up looking down on the planet because you hear you're one. Oh yeah. Well, we don't look like one. We look like a whole bunch of separate beings, but if we 
get up at that perspective. I think that was why the guy that just went up in space was so amazed when he came down. Wow, we really are one. I mean, it's one planet. That's it. So we are all connected and it does make a difference. You know, I don't know if you're Diane. I don't, this is one of my favorite analogies. And I even made it up. I, okay. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know if you're a sports fan or not. A little bit. But uh, there's a, sport. Well, there's a football team, American football team. Mm-hmm. Since you since you're Canadian and so soccer is actually football there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, you have a you have a football uh, league yeah, as well. We, do. we have a Canadian football league. Yep. And um, well I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. Okay. And it just amazes me that you can take 65,000 people on a Sunday at one o'clock in the afternoon and everybody's excited to watch the game and everybody filters in and, and people are nice to one another and, and they sit down and the focus is on the Seahawks winning the game. And, and, and they, they're, if they're doing well, uh, People will high five each other and everybody. And I've even seen strangers hug each other at a, at a really important point in the game and, and stuff. And it's like at that moment, those 65,000 people are all one. Mm-hmm. They are all are in, they have the same goal. They have the same desire. They have the same um, a reason for being. And then the game's over and we win and we have five or 10 minutes of, of, uh, of, wonderful moments and then and then we filter outside of the stadium and then there's traffic and then there's people that are not nice and people got too drunk during the game and somebody crashed scratched my car and so then we turn back into the people that 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 are distant from each other and not and not taking care of each other if we could capture the essence of what it means to be to have the same goal to have the to have the same desires, so that we become the same, the same mm-hmm. as each other. Um, I think that we could change the world, but I don't know how to accomplish that. Well, I, yeah, it's a big question, <laughs> a question people have been asking for uh, hundreds of years. But I would say that we're not all the same physically, right? No. It's true. We look different. We seem different. We seem separate. We, as you say, we walk out of that stadium. You all get into your separate cars. You go on your separate lives. You make separate decisions. And it's division, division, division. What you're talking about is getting unified. And I think for myself, the place we're unified is within, with spirit. I, I know you had a guest, Neil Donald Walsh. I think he was the one who said, "If you don't go within, you go without." He is one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, lines that he is. So I've interviewed him three or four times. He's yeah. He's and so the thing is, we have to change the focus. We have to reverse our thinking from being focused on the material, physical reality of ourselves. We have to realize we're more than we're more than a body. And where we're all connected is in spirit because we all, we all want love. There's not, I mean, I guess there's some people on the planet that have covered that desire up because they've just been treated so poorly that they are frightened of love. I mean, which is really bizarre, but I think that is what happens is people say hurt around an incident and then they decide that love hurts, right? Right. Actually, love doesn't hurt. 
Love is never hurt. So, but it's these thinking that need to be reversed. Love didn't do the hurting. You did the hurting with your own thinking about it. And love just remained the same. Love is. And we need to focus there. Diane, you bring up a really, really cool point. And that is, you know, in order for you to be hurt by love by somebody else, I want you to go back in time a little bit to when you first met this person. And you had this wonderful feeling, this wonderful glowing feeling of falling in love with someone. Mm -hmm. And, and if we were to, if we were to continue to remember that feeling rather than possibly the hurt that followed, then you could say, I appreciated that person for what they brought to me at the time. And it's too bad it didn't work out, but I love them anyway. Exactly. Because that love never went away, really. It that turned love, into hate. Well, or it got covered up yes. by, by a bunch of things. Like, I don't think love actually shifts. I think love's eternal. Love is. And love is a truth. It's the, Love is going to be the same 2,000 years from now as it is today. When people talk about love, we will know what they mean. Can you see love? No. It's invisible. And so we tend to only want to believe in things that our five senses can tell us. You know, hearing sight sound all that kind of thing but i believe <clears throat> there's at least five inner senses that we need to start becoming more aware of and for example I'll just give you an example you know we think we see with our eyes we think that's a truth actually we see with our mind and science has been proving that more and more as science gets into um you're giving people back perfect vision and they haven't been able to see they've studied that why we've given them the perfect lens and everything that was destroyed by maybe a chemical accident or something why can't they see well they can't see because it's the mind that sees and you know how people can prove that so that to themselves is that everyone goes to bed at night closes their eyes and sees things we dream yeah and so do animals. Animals chase dogs around in their dreams and, you know, do all these kinds of... So we have this whole inner sensibility that we've moved away from. So it's not love that changes. It's that we cover love up with our decisions around something. Like, say, for example, somebody, we're in a relationship and somebody decides to leave us. Well, we could say that's a terrible person. They broke their word. They broke their promise. How could they do that? I'm, I'm endlessly sad. I'm grieving. Or we can say, you know what? Maybe it was time that this relationship ended and it really was good for what it was. And I'm not going to hate that person, even though I'm, you know, not liking that decision. How can I be kind to myself and not really hurt myself more? with that decision of that person deciding to move away. We've all had that, whether it was jobs that went away or money that went away or relationships that went away. It hurts until you turn your mind around. So that's why I call my book Reverse Thinking. You have to flip your mindset. You can stay hurt about something for a really long time. And we've all known people that stay mad at their relatives for their whole life. But who are you hurting there? I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we all have a high school sweetheart. Did you have a high school sweetheart? Oh, you bet I did. Yes, I did. First time you fall in love. 
it's yeah. it's the best thing in the world and it is just really awesomely dynamic right and then until it doesn't until it's not anymore when it, right. most of the time and as it turned out in my case i wouldn't have wanted to be married to this person going forward anyway mm -hmm. but i developed a thought in my own mind that uh, she was it and i and it, and then i spent a long time comparing other people to her when it wasn't actually even her i was comparing them to it was the figment of the imagination of the her that i created in my mind rather than the real person that was out there that i was then comparing to real people who could not measure up to the the thing i'd created in my own mind does that make any sense to you that makes perfect sense to me because it's we have an ideal versus what's authentically there we create a fantasy in our minds about this is what love looks like or this is what this person is all about and whatever and then we go go around and collect evidence that says that's not true <laughs> and then we're upset because that person isn't matching my ideal but that person is just showing up for who they are they don't know what your ideal is lots of times we don't discuss it so i totally get what you're saying that you sort of had this version of this person and what they should be like but then there was also who this person truly was it's it's what we call romance yeah and we don't necessarily believe in the in the humanity or the failings of other people and when we are madly in love with them i'll give you i'll give you an example she okay. i have been an, an on-time person always have been i hate being late and uh, I, I, most of the time, like you were today for our talk, you were 15 minutes early or 10 minutes or whatever it was. And it's because I'm sure that you hate being late too. This, this person that was, I was, it, it took her five hours to get ready for our, our uh, uh, high school prom. And she was, and she was still late. She is incessantly late. She would be late by an hour, by two hours. And I, I can tell you this that had we stayed together, I would have broken it up because I hate people that are late um, and, and stuff. So, so, you know, it's all a figment of our imagination and our own mind. And right. until you decide to change that and you come up with steps on how to do that. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I've, Diane, I have to tell you, I've really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I've really enjoyed it too. And it's because I think we're looking at some deeper questions you know, as I say, life's big questions. There's some big questions. How how do we get past war or hating each other? Like you're using a very simple example there of not liking somebody's behavior. She was showing up late. And I want to make a distinction for our, our listeners. You didn't like her behavior. But that that doesn't mean we we don't still love people. Right. We cannot like their behavior. But there can still be love there. We're just covering it over with, I don't like that behavior. And I mean, that's really, probably children are a good example of that. Often we don't like their behavior, but we still love them. There's love underneath that. So there's a difference between not liking a behavior and then making that the person. The person is still the person. They're who they are. They're the person that you fell in love with but they have behaviors that maybe you just can't live with. And that's okay. It's okay to make that decision, but to also hang on to the dichotomy that love still exists. That's what's difficult for most people. They hate the person 
rather than the behavior. And then, yeah, and then hate is a, is a strong word to use when you're yeah. talking about somebody that you had an intimate relationship with. Yeah. Um, unless they've done something to, to you know, were abusive in some in some manner or form, but. But uh, by and large, you know, um, I I would still I haven't seen this person in forty five years. I would still like to sit down and have a conversation with her. It uh, wouldn't be fascinating. I bet you would be terribly fascinated. Would, at this point, it would be yeah, because we we're both are smarter. Uh, hopefully, on the other side of of life now that we've been through a, a few things as well. And uh, by the way, I, we're not done with this conversation, but I got, I'm going to have to wrap it up, but okay. we need, I, we, I need to have you back and we need to talk about uh, um, spiritual existence and, 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 and go down the quantum physics road. Can we do that? Absolutely. I'd be happy to do it because it really is another way to step into these exact same ideas. I don't believe people have to follow the path I'm on. That's the path I was on but how i got to that path was was through physics in many ways and just seeing the alignment in fact the first book i read uh, was the tao of physics by frujar capra and it's a fabulous book but it's i don't know it's in the 70s early 70s or 60s just giving away my age here kevin <laughs> that's all right <laughs> you're allowed all it means is that we are just a little bit more seasoned mm -hmm. than and uh and but like we like we say, you know, um, my brother passed away a year and a half ago. My mom passed away six months ago, um, and they're in a better place today and and stuff. And we just continue on, yeah. And, and, until until it's time for you to go home. And you said it right when you were talking about your near death experience that you were going home. I was home, and that was just the word that was there. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. And I think all of us have a deep inner sense that we're not quite at home here, yep. that, that we're not happy with terror and violence and all of the things that uh, go against who we truly are. I really believe our nature is love. That was my, what my experience was about. I experienced myself as love and joining with other people. That was the interesting thing is we felt joined. I could, you know, it was like mental telepathy. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, you don't have a throat and you don't have a larynx anymore. So you got to communicate through telepathy. So yeah. by the way, Reverend Diane, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do it? Uh, well, they can go to my website, dianelundmiracles.com. They can get my books there or I have some inspirational cards there. If they want to reach out to me by email, it's Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at creativewonders.ca ca because i'm in canada indeed indeed it's been a pleasure having you here my dear thank you it's been a pleasure chatting with you as I, always kevin i enjoy and, and we're going to do more of this so okay. that i promise you but if you'll stay right there i'll be right back thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of kmmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, 
Remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.